1 John chapter 5, verse 16. If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask, and it shall be given him, he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he should pray for it. For all unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. So hopefully we'll understand what John is saying by the time we finish our little study tonight. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that your word gives us light, and particularly in how to pray. Who we should pray for, what we should pray for. Lord, and I pray that as we look at this little portion tonight, that we would make considerations in our prayer life on things people to pray for. And Lord, bless the study tonight for your glory in our lives, in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> We've looked at certainty of eternal life, verse 13. We've looked at certainty of answered petitions, verses 14 and 15. And now we look at certainty in intercessory prayer. This passage is a specific illustration of praying in God's will because he's saying who and what in regard to a brother that has sinned. And that the, verse 17, there is a sin not unto death. Who's committed that one? How many have committed those ones? A sin not unto death. All of us, all of us. But there is a sin unto death. Ask ourselves the question, has anyone here committed that? No. Why? Yeah, it's still here. <laughs> it's pretty logic, isn't it? And so, <clears throat> but watch out. <laughs> That's what we need to say as we look at this. If the sin is unto death, God says he won't answer it because they've committed a sin that's... Now, who's he talking to? Remember, this is talking to Christians. Uh, God will not answer that request and it should not be, be made. If the sin is not unto death, God will answer the prayer and deliver the Christian that you're praying for from the sin that's not unto death. So when to pray and for whom? In the verses before, what response should be forthcoming of a Christian who sees a brother in need? We're not talking about the sin now, but sees an, another Christian in a physical need. What should we do? Back chapter 3 and verse 17. We've been there. Whosoever hath this world's goods and seeth the brother have a need. This is not a necessarily he has sinned, but a physical need. And shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him. How dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and truth. And that is also spoken of in James chapter 2. In verse 15 and 16, we've been there plenty of times. Um, <clears throat> don't say, well, <laughs> when you find a person in need, uh, brother, I'll pray for you. <laughs> when you, as Proverbs chapter 3, has it by you to meet that need in that brother or family's life. Chapter 3 of Proverbs and verse 27, Withhold not good from them to whom it is due, when it is in the power of thine hand to do so. That sometimes you can't help, but you might know someone that can help that person 
in need, not pressuring them to, but just letting them know. Say not unto the na- thy neighbour, go and come again, and tomorrow I will give, when thou hast it beside thee. And more so in that day than today. So in a physical need, we should meet that need. And, yep, the old question, who is my brother? The Pharisees asked. The, brother, the person that comes your way that has a need, God's let that providentially happen so that we can meet that need and might, in the process, if the person is not saved, if he's not a, uh, not a brother in Christ, might lead to that person's salvation through your meeting that need. And, um, yeah, and they, they'll be willing to sit up and listen. That's all we'll say on that one. So that's the response of a Christian meeting a physical need, particularly of a brother. It says that in Scripture. But what response should be forthcoming of a Christian who sees his brother with a spiritual need? A spiritual need now. Chapter 5, verse 16. If a man seeth his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. Pray for him. And maybe counsel him. Ask him some prompting questions, you know, that make him think, this is not good, I shouldn't be doing this. What often is the response of a brother that you do that to? (laughs) Ah, no. They've already gone too far into it and they don't like being told they had a spiritual need. This one is definitely a believer. He has sinned, but not unto death. This one sin is not specifically named here. There are many sins that are not unto death, but we should pray for and exhort and encourage the person not continue in that way of life because it might get to the point that other things happen to him. And so it varies with the individual and with the occasion that you're faced with in that person's life. Don't gossip about it, don't condemn, but pray for him and maybe talk to him, definitely, when God gives that opportunity. And God will answer. Ask and he shall give him life, as it says in that verse. Ask and he shall give him life for them that sin, not after the flesh. Thus giving him continued life. Now, this is not talking about eternal life, this is talking about physical life. You're not going to give him an eternal life by praying for him when he's sinned, but you're going to prolong his physical life and help him in his physical life <clears throat> by him changing his attitude spiritually. Give him continued days, we could say. Galatians, just over in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1, it says this, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, we all can be overtaken in a fault, Ye who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. <laughs> How often it is the case where a Christian, uh, I see that brother, I see him sinning, and then that same brother a few months or a year later is tempted in the same way. And uh, the Lord brings it their way to see how they react in the spiritual need as other people pray for them. 
I like what Job said. He ticket blew away. I'll look it up in Job. Chapter 19 and verse 22. Or 20 and 22. My bone cleaveth to my skin. He'd gotten real skinny. And to my flesh. And I am escaped with the skin of my teeth, he said. And he said to his three miserable friends that weren't praying for him, but they were what? Condemning him. Job, you've sinned. Fess up. Fess up. Tell us what you've done. Must be something big. Look at the things that God's doing to you to, to make you repent. And Job continued, have pity upon me. Have pity upon me, he said it twice, O ye my friends, for the hand of God hath touched me. Shouldn't we have pity on the brother or sister that is sin to sin, not unto death? Have pity, have pity. Don't talk about it. Have pity. Don't accuse me. Have pity. And it said in the next verse, why do you persecute me as God? You're, you're taking the position of God. You're persecuting me. You're putting me on the spot. And he's, as I said last week, he's, it's hard to think. When you're physically down like he was, it's hard to think straight. But he was thinking well here. And are not satisfied with my flesh. You, you're condemning me completely. This is not good. So don't go that way that they, the miserable friends, did in Proverbs 17 and verse 9. nine it reads... He that covereth a transgression seeketh love. In other words, he doesn't go everywhere telling everyone about it, but covers it and deals with it with the individual. Seeketh love. But he that repeateth the matter separateth friends. Division keeps on happening when that is talked about or that individual. So if you've sinned a see a brother or you have sinned a sin which is un, in, isn't unto death, have love cover transgression as it says in these verses in proverbs 19:11 it says the discretion of a man deferreth his anger and it is it is his glory to pass over the transgression when one has transgressed against us we use discretion we defer the anger the uh, revenge on that person we defer we don't do it we cool down and calm down and it is glory to pass over the transgression but to deal with it in a Christian way I think this is you know this is sin unto death but we've got a lot we could look at and in James James chapter 5 James chapter 5 and verse 19 and 20 brethren if any of you do error from the truth and one converteth him Catholics would like that one. <laughs> Can you convert someone to salvation? No, this is talking about a brother. If one converteth him, let him know who he who converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and hide a multitude of sins. That brother's sins are covered as he confesses his sin, as 1 John 1, 7 or not 9 says. As, and, and that's what we should be doing. And... James, yeah, book of works, but that's what we should do in helping a brother. In Proverbs 24, verse 11 and 12, it reads, If thou forbear to deliver the, those that are drawn to, unto death, and those who are ready to be slain, if thou sayest, Behold, we knew it not, doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? 
you, you, you say, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> How many? <laughs> We'd like not to know. I don't see, you know. <laughs> but if we do know, he that ponders the heart, God, he considers it. And he that keepeth thy soul, doth not he know it? And shall, not, shall he not render to every man according to his works? God knows. God looks on. God given you the opportunity to speak to that person that sinned to sin not unto death. If you can discern that it is not unto death or unto death. Um, <clears throat> remember when Peter, the Lord said he's going to die on the cross and Peter said, no you're not. And get thee behind me, Satan. After that, in the book of Luke chapter 22, notice what the Lord said in chapter 22 and verse 31 of the Gospel of Luke. And I find it here. And the Lord said to Simon, Simon, behold, and praying for the future of Simon, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. He who converteth the sinner from the error of his way, back in James 5, the last two verses, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee, both into prison to death, and then the cock crowing. So the Lord said, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you because you're going to have a real test. And he's going to be put to the test, and he was put to the test, and he wept bitterly after the test failed. But he come back to the Lord by the seaside there when the Lord said, Lovest thou me? When not to pray, that's when to pray, and for whom? A Christian has sinned a sin, but it's not unto death. He can be forgiven. Pray for each other. Don't talk about it. When not to pray, in verse 17, back in James, uh, John. Bookmark flew away. And all, yeah, all unrighteousness is sin. There is a sin not unto death. Sin is unrighteousness. Anything that transgresses the holiness of God. All unrighteousness. Does all sin result in physical death? At the time it's committed? No, otherwise we'd all be dead. Death here refers to physical, not spiritual death. We are eternally secure as Romans 8 and John 10 tell us so and many others. But believers can and do commit sin for which the Heavenly Father forgives. And sometimes he will call them home. And next week we'll deal just specifically with that. I think we'll have five occasions in the scriptures where we can clearly see that a Christian has sinned a sin unto death. It's in the scriptures. And you might be able to start thinking about those already in your mind and, and it's not speaking of the unpardonable sin where a person can't be forgiven that's about a, a non-Christian we're talking about sin unto death in a Christian's life and what does John say we should or shouldn't pray for we shouldn't pray for a person that sinned a sin unto death now how can you tell <laughs> and this is what we'll look at next week more that a person has committed a sin unto death yeah, that's a hard one, isn't it? it? God knows this. So maybe if we've got a doubt, 
and we think severely, well, that's a sin unto death, we should pray for them anyway. Shouldn't we? <laughs> Say? Yeah, that's right. He's the judge, isn't he? He knows the heart. He sees right inside. Um, so it's always proper to pray for others who sin. But when there's a real severe sin, you, you sort of go, oh, you know, don't do that. <laughs> Please. And we should pray and be in an attitude of prayer for these people. <clears throat> Someone might say, well, does God really take sinning Christians home? I'm sure that you through your life, if you've lived long enough, has seen a person that the Lord has taken home. But after that happens, or if you conduct the funeral, do you say, well, he sinned a sin unto death? No. No. <laughs> that would be very foolish to say that. Because you're setting yourself up as the judge and what might happen to you? <laughs> you might be the next in line for the grave, for the box. <laughs> and so let's be careful on that. That's the principle of God chastening and it's in Hebrews 12 and we haven't got, well, in Hebrews 12, God chastens the disobedient. And, and that chastening can be light and can be more severe. They get real severe. It can be unto death. And that's what we'll look at next time. When to pray and for whom and when not to pray and for whom not. There's just some thoughts from that, those two verses there.